You're listening to SBS News. There are calls to revive peace efforts in Syria as the country is plunged into further devastation from the recent earthquake disaster. Various attempts to find a political solution to the 12-year civil war have failed to progress, resulting in hundreds of thousands of deaths and one of the largest refugee crises in history. This comes as some 4,500 people were killed in Syria after a devastating earthquake that struck the country and its neighbour, Turkey. Speaking at the Geneva headquarters, United Nations Special Envoy for Syria, Gaia Pedersen, called for an urgent step-by-step approach to allow all sides to reach a possible settlement. There needs to be a genuine Syrian-led and owned political process facilitated by the United Nations. And there needs to be a coordinated international effort in support of this, with all key players working in a coherent effort. The ongoing conflict played out between pro-democratic insurgents and Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has created significant instability in the region since 2011. President al-Assad, backed by longtime allies Russia and Iran, has regained control of much of the country. But hardline opposition groups and Turkish-backed fighters control the northwest, where the United Nations say around 4 million people needed assistance even before the earthquake. Aid for the worst-affected rebel-held northwest has been restricted by Assad's government, but the Syrian president has allowed two more border crossings for aid to open since the quake, bringing the total to three. Mr Pedersen says he wants to see this kind of compromise apply to the political arena. A month ago, there was no prospect of the opening of more border crossings, nor of moves to ease sanctions in a concrete way. We have seen those moves now. What I want, what we need to see, is that this is applied when it comes to the political level. We need the same logic that was applied on the humanitarian front, to now be applied on the political level. Incoming research fellow at Melbourne University's Peter McMullen Centre on Statelessness, Marika Sosnowski, is less optimistic about peace efforts. So the situation for normal Syrians in Syria is absolutely disastrous, and this was before the earthquake. So the fact of the earthquake itself, which has only made matters worse for millions of people... Uh, doesn't necessarily strike me as something that's going to bring the regime immediately to the political negotiating table or create an extra bargaining chip. The Syrian government has long opposed aid deliveries across its border into opposition-controlled areas, describing it as a violation of its sovereignty. Ms Sosnowski says there remain significant barriers to aid, despite President Assad allowing more temporary border crossings into the rebel-held northwest. Now what happens is um, because of the really dire economic situation in Syria and for many years already um, as part of the conflict, the regime has been appropriating um, aid supplies that have gone um, into Syria that are meant to be allocated to um, people in different areas. But what the regime does is it takes that aid and it allocates them to effectively people that um, supports it or it wants to support it um, so it can direct it where it can. And it also has a lot of control over which aid organisations work um, within um, the areas that it controls um, or are authorised to work within Syria. 
This has led to frustration among aid organisations trying to offer humanitarian assistance to the millions of Syrians affected by the earthquake disaster. Plan International Australia is one of those aid organisations on the ground, dealing with conflicting authorities. Deputy CEO Dave Husey says humanitarian workers are confronting both infrastructural and bureaucratic barriers. That then presents the risk that um, different communities uh, within these areas are, are going to get different levels of support. That, that seems inevitable at the moment. Um, and also that particular vulnerable groups, um, uh, and we, of course, focus on children and in particular girls uh, in, in these environments, um, they are going to have different access to different levels of services and protection. He says many of their aid workers are frustrated by politics hampering vital humanitarian assistance. You need to provide assistance as quickly as possible to those that are most vulnerable. And of course, these become very frustrating um, um, issues for, for communities and actors on the ground, um, volunteers, etc., and, and local organisations. Of course, they are desperate for, for supplies and support and services. Um, and really, humanitarian situations should see um, a, a suspension of politics, if you like, for, for the humanitarian imperative. But of course, this is an intensely fraught political situation as a result of the, of the previous conflict in the area. Various Western nations' sanctions on the Syrian government have also disrupted humanitarian efforts. The United States decided in February to temporarily lift its sanctions on Syria for six months to allow aid into the country via Turkey Air. However, Ms Sosnowski says prevailing sanctions on Syria prevented urgent assistance in the immediate aftermath of the quake. She describes how the Syrian civil defence, or white helmets as they are more commonly referred to, were virtually left alone to recover those trapped under rubble following the earthquake. The white helmets did what they could, but and they did a lot uh, in that very uh, in that short period of time. But as I said, they were really hampered by their ability. Uh, uh, they had some heavy machinery, but they needed petrol to operate that machinery. The petrol couldn't come through because of the access issue. So I think, uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but definitely more, more could have been rescued had, they, had there been additional help and assistance during that, 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 that window of opportunity. Now there are added fears of access following a strike at Aleppo Airport. It's unclear who is responsible for the airstrike which knocked Syria's airport out of service. But United States Department spokesperson Ned Price says the incident could present barriers to aid supply. This is an airport that uh, has provided, uh, has been a landing point for humanitarian assistance uh, to those who have been affected in Syria by uh, this devastating earthquake. And that would be a concern of ours uh, if there was a prolonged closure and a prolonged um, impediment to the flow of humanitarian assistance. Many feel that current aid efforts aren't substantial enough. Ms Sosnowski says 90% of Syrians are living below the poverty line and that the international community must turn its attention to the crisis faced by millions of Syrians. I think there's fatigue on the part of the international community to help, unfortunately, um, despite the need being greater than ever and catastrophe upon catastrophe befalling the Syrian people, uh, the amount of funding that aid organisations like the World Food Programme and um, 
you know, the UN humanitarian response they're getting is just insufficient for what's required. Katrina Stewart, SBS News. 